welcome to We'll Never Be Royals podcast. Here are your hosts, Kristen and Jules. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of We'll Never Be Royal. I have Jules here with me, and we have a special guest today, our friend Caitlin, who is going to talk to us more about royal babies because we are having royal babies on the brain. But before we get started, we just wanted to talk to you about a special discount we have for our listeners. So if you love British goodies as much as we do, you're going to want to sign up for the Quaintly Co. British Lifestyle Boxes. Jules and I have both received them in the past, and we absolutely love them. They have so many cool things in them, and each month you'll get a box full of British gifts that are settled around a special theme. So we're going to review the Kensington box on a future episode, but if you want to get one for a discount, go to quaintly-uk.com, that's Q-U-A-I-N-T-L-Y-U-K.com, and use our code RB10 to save 10% off your box, and this includes any box except the six-month subscription. So go to quaintly.uk.com and use the code RB10. So we are going to get started with our interview with Caitlin Roberts, who is a friend of ours from um, Really Good Reads, which is the Royal Book Club that I run with our friend Mallory on Facebook. And Caitlin used to work at Kensington Palace, which we thought was super interesting and that a lot of people might um, not know what it's like to work at a historic royal palace. So Caitlin... Um, Can you just tell us a little bit about how you ended up getting your job there? Well, I was living in London at the time. I was doing a master's degree in museum studies from the University of Westminster, and I was trying to just kind of get my foot in the door with a few other jobs, so I actually worked at the Science Museum as well. But when a position came up from Historic Royal Palaces at KP, I jumped right on that and was so excited to apply And when I even went for my interview, you had to give a five-minute sort of presentation of a monarch or someone from British history. And so I sort of just kind of took my dissertation that I wrote on Henry VII down to about five minutes and managed to get the job with that. And I actually ended up starting on July 4th, which they asked me (laughs) if that was okay if an American started working at a British palace on the 4th of July. And I said, absolutely. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. No, that's hilarious. So what was your actual job title? So I was an explainer. So if you've ever been to Kensington, you mm-hmm. have probably seen the people standing around in the gallery spaces that have the um, waistcoat with the either necktie or a neck scarf and sort of the army looking pants that if you have any questions, you can ask them. Uh-huh. And so I was one of those. And it was one of the best experiences of my life. And as horrible as that uniform was, I definitely would be putting it on again if I had the chance. (laughs) Yeah, those are pretty bad uniforms, but I don't flatter anyone. (laughs) So So it's kind of like, I'm sorry, Kristen. No, it's okay. So kind of like a, like a docent then. Yeah, sort of. Okay. Um, We had to, I was basically thrown into the deep end when I got there. Um, they kind of assumed that I knew a lot, which I did going into it, but you kind of have to shadow someone your first few shifts there to figure out sort of the nitty gritty details of like the artwork and 
um, just sort of how the palace itself works. But it's pretty easy to pick up all of that information. And plus, you have the opportunity to go and listen to your colleagues' um, intro talks that they give at KP. So they did them in Victoria Revealed, which was the exhibition open at the time that I was there. They did them in the King's Gallery um, and a few other places throughout the palace. So you really got a lot of information because each person was different as well. And they focused on a lot of different stuff. And of course, we had a lot of books in the break room as well that you can okay. read during your breaks. So that's wow. good to know. Um, that's did you awesome. get a lot? I'm sure you probably got a lot of the same questions, you know, every time you were working there. Was there like one question that stood out that everybody wanted to know? Well, mostly people would come in and be like, oh, so do any of the royal family actually live here? And can we go to where Diana used to live? And all of this. So a lot of it was centered yeah. around Princess Diana, of course. Um, but you kind of got into a routine with that one question. So, you know, <laughs> oh, so it's the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge and their children. Um, the Duke and Duchess of Gloucester, the Duke and Duchess of Kent, Princess Eugenie was supposed to move in at the time that I was working there. And of course, Harry and Meghan were living there at the time as well. So that was the question that I got asked the most, other than mm -hmm. when people walked into the stone hall asking where the Diana exhibition was, which yeah. was down the hall, <laughs> up the stairs. So no one really ever wanted to see anything else, it seemed. But oh, that's funny. That was a very popular exhibition. And yeah, I'm glad I got to see it. Um, it was. When it was there. So when you were there, did you see any of the royal family members? I absolutely did. I saw them quite a few times on my way to work. Um, Kate and Will landed their helicopter in the field right by Kensington, which was on the pathway for me to go in for work. That happened a few times. Um, when I would leave work, I saw Kate often talking to security at the royal household entrance outside uh -huh. and I also worked a few events um, at night after KP closed to the public where um, Prince Harry was in attendance so I think I attended or worked one of his Centibale events and was in like the same room as him so no big deal but it was oh, cool. you know it was pretty um, cool now totally a big deal <laughs> It's I'm funny, sorry. I just saw today that they're building a giant hedge. Did you see that? So people can't look at them getting in and out of the helicopter. Really? Yeah, it was in the Daily Mail. Like They planted this big hedge, um, That's so which is sad. funny because when I was there last year for the royal wedding, I saw William getting out of his helicopter, and yeah, I forwarded the article to my sister and my husband, and I was like, our helicopter days are over. <laughs> oh, I'm so sad. I know. Yeah, that's disappointing. I mean, I can understand why they, you know, don't want everyone staring at them. But like, literally, we were sitting at the lake and went running. Like, I've never ran that <laughs> fast in my life. I'm not joking. I was like, ah, ah, ah. I, remember, I remember the first time it happened. I was on the phone with my mom. And I was walking down the pathway. And I was like, wait, hold on. I what is going on? And I was like, something's <laughs> happening. And I feel like this is going to be good. And I walked up to the gate, and then I saw other people walking up, and I was like, yes, this is absolutely oh, what is funny. about to happen. No, we were down at the lake, so I had to run, like, a little oh, bit wow. of a distance. <laughs> that is a the first and only time in her life Kristen decided to run. <laughs> they are the only like, people I would run for. <laughs> yeah, still to this day, they're like, we can't believe you run that fast. <laughs> I didn't know who was in it. I mean, it could have been anyone. Exactly. And I but, often yeah, saw, was... um, I think it was the Duke of Gloucester's cat quite often. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Random. 
And I saw Lupo around a lot, actually, with their dog walker. Um, Oh. No one else really would have known who the dog was, but I knew. And especially, like, when it would walk into the royal household side and no one would bat an eye. You know, I kind of figured I was right. (laughs) Yeah. Like, oh, a dog, he's just um, randomly walking When Charlotte was born, you waited outside the window wing. So can you tell us what that was like? It was absolutely incredible. So I had just finished my semester abroad from my junior year of college. And it's actually such a strange story. And I can't believe I'm about to tell you this. But the night before, I kind of, I couldn't sleep. I was feeling like something is wrong or like something is about to happen. And I just didn't know what it was. And then at six o'clock that morning, I get the tweet notification that Kate was in labor. And I was like, my body knew it. I'm just in tune with this and so I waited (laughs) around all day and I kind of figured that she would probably come home that day instead of waiting till the next Mm -hmm. day like she did with George and so I told my boyfriend at the time I was like we have to go we have to go right now and he's like why she's coming home tomorrow (laughs) I was like no she's not trust me on this and so we get there and surprisingly there weren't that many people I think I got there around like five o'clock ish I was pretty upset because Prince George had just left so he's like one of the only royals other than Louis that I haven't seen in person and I'm pretty upset about it but so I waited I was basically right at the front of the public sort of side of the Lindo wing waiting area so it was the press pen a pathway for people to actually go into the hospital and then that beside that pathway was where the public were waiting and so I was pretty much right at the front and I'm pretty sure that she didn't actually look directly at me but I'm just gonna say that she did (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah I mean I was so close to them and it was just an amazing experience because there were so many people there that were just so patriotic for Great Britain and it's not something that you see a lot over there Mm-hmm. Yeah, not at least not on the scale of America. So it was a pretty amazing moment because everyone was just so excited to see this new baby. And they were so connected to her, even though they weren't part of their family, or they were never actually probably mm-hmm. going to meet her. But she was just, you know, this new bundle of joy. And Kate and Will looked so ecstatic to have this new little girl and to bring her home and to show her to the world. And it was just so magical. And I'm so glad Aww. that I was there to experience that because it was definitely a once-in-a-lifetime sort of thing. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. for sure. That's kind of how I felt at the wedding. Like, everybody was just so happy and patriotic. And I feel, like you said, like, that's not always often the case. But I think, you know, it's not like here where you have 4th of July and it's like a holiday that everyone is patriotic and there's like a big deal. Like, mm-hmm. there's not really the same, I guess, thing there. Um So I feel like these big royal events are kind of an opportunity for people to gather together. And yeah, it's always a great feeling. Um, So what would you say was the best part of working at KP and the worst part? Uh, The best part was just really getting to know people from all over the world who had an interest in this side of history, which has been my wheelhouse for as long as I could remember. I mean, I did, I concentrated on British history in my history degree in undergrad. And so it was just a joy for me to even be able to be paid to talk about the royal family. And just to be able to meet people 
who may not have necessarily had any sort of exposure to this side of history mm-hmm. at all and to be able to interact with them in that way and sort of share what I really love to talk about and to learn about with other people was a great joy. Um, That's awesome. And funnily enough, you really meet people from your hometown, despite how big of a city yeah. London is and how big of a world we live true. in. That is true. Like, Very you'll see people true. with, I mean, I like, met... a Philly shirt or whatever, like, a yeah. Philly area. Like, that's happened so many times to us. Well, I remember meeting a couple who were there with their kids whose, like, youngest child went to the same middle school as my little brother. So it was no very weird. strange. Oh, my gosh. Um, but the worst part about it... Oh gosh, that's a tough one. Because um, I honestly can't really think of any bad things um, other than potentially when you would stand in Stone Hall. And while it's great to be the face that people see first, you always know who is going to ask what after you've been there a while. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. I think the worst Where's part the would bathroom? probably <laughs> pretty much, and that also just you you grew to know who was going to ask exactly for the Diana exhibition and nothing else. So I think yeah. that was probably the worst part is seeing people come into this palace that is over 300 and I think now 30 years old, something around that mm-hmm. to just come and see these dresses by princess Diana. And I'm like, there's so much cooler history than, but wait, let me tell you more. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think that was probably the worst part about it, but you would eventually, when you would move on post, you would see those people around and mm-hmm. have the opportunity to do what I said was the best part, which was just share them with them the other information that they could learn there. And yeah, I mean, it was an overall great experience and I would not have traded it for the world. And, I would have I would have oh, been that visitor that like wouldn't leave. Like, mammoth, we're closing. <laughs> it's time to go. I've had a few of those. But wait. Okay. That would have been me. (laughs) And I would have spoken with you until they kicked us out, for sure. Yes. (laughs) Oh, I know. And we've been there a few times when it was close to closing. It was actually, I think, the first time we saw the Diana exhibition. And I was like, my God, we have to get to this. We have to see this. We're, like, rushing through. And I felt so bad. I mean, I've been there many times, but I didn't. Yeah, like, I feel, like, rude to the people that work there. Like, I really do care about this stuff. I'm not running through the room. (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry, I've seen it before. (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry, I'm a repeat customer. (laughs) Well, it's so funny. Like, my coworkers there who are now lifelong friends of mine, but I would come there on my days off because I loved it so much and they thought I was absolutely insane. (laughs) (laughs) That's like, why would you come to work when you're not here to work? I said, because you don't get to enjoy it as much. (laughs) So, were the other people you worked with, were they from out of from different countries too or were they mostly from um so i had one friend that was actually from america there was a few canadians um there i think there was a girl from spain so it was pretty much all over um mostly england and a good chunk of them were from london but yeah it was pretty diverse and not even just in the explainer field but also Mm -hmm. within the shop and within guest services and things of that nature, it was 
it was pretty spread out. So anyone who had sort of a language barrier, they had somebody that they could talk to if necessary, which was really, really good because in a multicultural city like that, that has such a large tourist population, it's really beneficial. Um, And our last question is, um, if someone wanted to get a job with Kensington Palace or say, you know, any of the historic royal palaces, what would your advice be to them? First, have the right to work in the UK. (laughs) Yeah, that's a That's a huge hurdle. Big, big, Um, big chunk there. I guess my advice would be just to continue checking their job boards and come at them with as much passion about the material as you can. Because I think what really got me the job was that they could really tell that I absolutely wanted to be there. And Mm -hmm. that came through when I was talking about the history and just talking about how I would approach certain situations when they interviewed me. And so just really not being afraid to show that you love it. Because I feel like it can be really daunting going to Britain when you know, they're not as outspoken as Americans and they're not as, you know, sort of in your face as I feel like Americans are, which I have learned living abroad, that we very much are those kind of people. But, (laughs) you know, I think it can be sort of intimidating or overwhelming to sort of let that side of you come out when you're interviewing for a job with historic royal palaces. But they really want people who are passionate about the collections and about the history that they're trying to tell. So just definitely be yourself and just let that passion come through that is great advice well thank you so much absolutely really this was super interesting for us um personally but i'm sure to a lot of our listeners and i'm sure you were a great asset to them and we will of course talk to you around but thank you again all right thanks so much caitlin so next up we are going to chat a little bit about what we know about baby sussex um So it's April now, and we all are expecting the baby to come in the next few weeks, probably um, towards the end of the month. And there's not really a whole lot to say. And they're never, they're never really, I mean, even with, even with Kate, there's not a whole lot to do but wait. Yes, true. We're not going to find out what it is. People can guess the name. People can, you know, bet what it's going to be and all that fun stuff. But it's kind of just a waiting game right now. Yes, and honestly, we don't know um, if there's going to be, and I'm guessing probably not, and a lot of people think not, um, going to be any kind of quote-unquote hospital moment. Um, If you listen to On Air, which is my personal favorite podcast um, with Emily Andrews and Omid Scobie, they talked a little bit. Yeah, shout out to On Air. Um, We love you. They talked a lot about that (laughs) this week. And yeah, I definitely recommend listening to that episode if you want a baby Sussex deep dive. And um, yeah, they seem to think that there's not going to be any kind of staged, you know, pictures that no one will really find out until the baby is born. And then, you know, they might release some sort of photo um, maybe on their new Instagram account. um, If you're following them on Instagram, you definitely should. It's Sussex Royal. Um, I think it makes sense. This baby isn't, you know, like Will and Kate. It's not a child of a future monarch. Um, yeah. You know, they want a private experience. And who knows? They might have a home birth. Like, we have no idea. Exactly. So right now it's all a lot of speculation. But one thing that I think was really great is that um, someone on Twitter started the hashtag 
hashtag global Sussex baby shower uh, to get people to donate to charities in honor of baby Sussex. And people have raised, you know, over $30,000, I think at this point, or 30,000 pounds, actually. Just is, amazing. Um, yeah, so great. And if you check out the hashtag on Twitter, you can see, or probably on Instagram too, um, some of the posts about it. It's just really positive. And there are a few charities um, that people are, are recommending to donate to, but you could also, you know, donate to any charity you wanted, I'm sure, um, at this point and do it in honor of baby Sussex. But um, some of her patronages, like the Mayhew, um, or you could donate to Well Child. They had mentioned that they've, you know, received thousands of pounds of donations. Um, CamFed is another one, and they support female education. So I think this is just a really great movement and something positive, especially with all this online negativity lately. Um, it's just a good thing to do. So the yes. campaign is running throughout the month of April. So if you want to make a donation to one of the organizations, definitely check out the hashtag, check out some of these great patronages, um, which I'm going to give a little bit of a plug for myself right now. But I started a patronage spotlight on Royal Central. I don't know if I've ever talked about this on the podcast, but I I'm a, a reporter for Royal Central as of the past few months, and I really wanted to start highlighting some of the charities that the Royals support, and if you want to check it out, you can go to royalcentral.co.uk, and I have an interview with East Anglia's Children's Hospices, which the Duchess of Cambridge is a patron of, and they do some really amazing work um, with children and families who are dealing with you know, life-threatening illnesses. And I'm going to continue to do that um, with some of Megan's patronages and other, you know, all different members of the royal family. Because we like to talk about fashion, but we also like to talk about, you know, good works and charities and, you know, the actual work that the members of the royal family are doing. Um, that's really, you know, what they're there for. And I think people should take an interest in those things. So we want to... Yeah, absolutely have a balanced podcast I, here I, I love I love a good photo shoot and an outfit fix like the rest of them but we need to remember that you know these are working royals and they they really do a lot of good things yes and you know sadly that gets covered up by salacious stories and scandals and you know, yeah. gossip and all that kind of stuff. But there's a lot of people who truly benefit from a lot of these organizations. And it's a busy life. It's I don't see them sitting back draped in diamonds, sipping mimosas all day long. And plus being a, you know, working for a charity myself, I'm always love to give a high five to someone else who's kind of doing the same thing because you don't, you know, get paid a lot. It's hard work, but you do it for the reward at the end of the day. And definitely that's that's a great thing. So kudos to Global Sussex Baby Shower. Yes. Um, and Prince Louis' first birthday is coming up soon, which is, I can't believe this year just flew by. I don't um, even know where that went. Speaking of royal babies, yeah, it's crazy. And we haven't really seen much of him. Um, so hopefully we'll see him maybe. I'm sure they'll release first birthday pictures. They yeah. usually always do a birthday picture. So that'll be cute. And we want to do, although we were just talking about, not talking about fashion and talking about <laughs> charities, now's a great time to lead into our retailer spotlight. Yes. Um, 
So our retailer spotlight for this episode is Amazon. We happen to get a lot of our clothing from Amazon. And let's just start out by saying it can be hit or miss, which I think a lot of people would agree with. But you can find some really great deals on Amazon. And especially if you're looking for royal fashion or, you know, either replicates or just things that might be a little bit inspired by, you know, Kate, for example, wore that Posibo purple blouse um, at an engagement recently. Mm -hmm. And I found one on Amazon. It was just, you know, random blouse that looked similar to that. Um, it ended up being huge. I mean, I returned it, but I would have kept it if, you know, it had fit well. Um, and it was what, 20 some dollars, I think. Mm -hmm. And it was a nice blouse. Um, so you don't have to spend you know, a thousand pounds on a silk blouse. No, definitely. Please don't to. do that. Yeah. <laughs> I had a event I had to go to in February. It was the annual police officer's ball. And Kate had just worn that, that asymmetrical one shoulder. Was it? Uh, the white dress. Yes. And was, oh my gosh, such a beautiful dress such a beautiful dress so pretty. and they had one similar to it on amazon that i bought again it was we're talking 39 dollars plus some prime members so it was free shipping if it wouldn't have fit i could have shipped it back and gotten a full return so i figured i'd give it a shot and it was probably one of the most comfortable dresses i've ever worn like shockingly yeah, it comfortable great. it wasn't like amazing high quality because it you know kind of snagged a little bit by the end of the night but for $39.99 I got really good use out of it and um, yeah. I also bought like a pair of glittery shoes similar to her Jimmy Choo's which cost an awful lot of money these shoes again were awesome and had they not fit or not worked I could have sent them back you know doesn't matter but they were um, just silver glitter heels, and th but they were tasteful glitter heels. They weren't like hooker glitter heels. Yeah, they're there was like a big difference. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they too, they were you know thirty bucks, and then I got earrings on there too, and then I had a whole outfit for under a hundred dollars. But there have been things too that you know I've ordered from there, and it's not at all what you think. And yeah, like the quality is just not yeah. great or. But the wonderful you know, thing is off. Wonderful thing is that that they have that easy return system. Oh yeah, it's so easy to return it. Although, have you noticed lately? I don't know if this is for everybody, but I can't return it via U.S. mail anymore. It's only UPS. I like only the, ever take it to UPS, but that's because I work right next door to one. Okay. Yeah, so, they um they used to have the option that you could just like pop it in the mailbox, but now that kind of went away. Which I mean, whatever, it's fine. However, you can do UPS pickup. And you can schedule a pickup and UPS yes. will come pick it up from you. That's always handy. Although I do like with Amazon returns now, they have the option and it's free. Um, you can just take it to the UPS store and you don't even have to print the label out anymore. You just hand it to them. Yep. And they, they scan something on your phone. You know what the guy told me the other day? I don't know. If, okay. This is from the mouth of a part-time worker at my local UPS <laughs> store. So I don't know how accurate it is. But he was saying that they're even going to launch into, like, you don't even have to pre-package it. You can just bring the item back in with the code. They'll pack yeah. it up and send it back. Again, this That's is from, like, the part-time guy at my local UPS store. So I don't know how accurate that is. But I was like, I don't need this whole buying and returning thing to get any 
simpler. Like I already yeah, it's already pretty sweet. I'm already, and if you have prime, I mean, it oh comes gosh. quickly. I, so yeah, I do love. But they also, you know, they literally. I I always say, if you can't find it on Amazon, you don't really need it because that is true. Books, everything, and you know, random royal gifts. Yeah, I mean, Amazon just. I bought. There was this, um, when I went to the Royal Wedding last year, they had this little, like, commemorative plate, you know, with Harry and Meghan on it, and I bought one as a gift, and then I was like, oh, I should have got one for myself, and I looked it up, and there it was on Amazon, the same exact one. Exactly. Yeah. at my door in two days for, like, less than I, you know, had spent over there. Yeah. So you never Uh, know what you'll find on Amazon, but yeah, it's a great place to find, you know, royal style, but also just... I mean, right now, as we're recording this, I'm wearing a maxi dress I got on Amazon. It's like a floral wrap dress um, that was probably $22 or something like that. Uh, And it's super comfortable, and it's like wearing pajamas. They have, like, so many cute, just, you know, casual dresses, and you want to get something that's just, you know, wearing around the house or this summer, you know, running errands, whatever. A lot of cute, casual stuff on there that I end up getting, and... You know, if you don't want to spend a lot of money, and it's similar to, I would say, like, Target quality of yeah. clothing. Um, and obviously, like we said, some of it is hit or miss. So you have to read the reviews, like, look at the picture yes. reviews. Yes. Like that is the number one tip, is look at picture reviews. Absolutely. So you see, you know, how it looks on other people and, like, what they say, the size up or size down. Some of the sizing can be weird. So you yeah. should definitely read reviews and see, you know, what the sizing is like. But I'm wearing um, a dress, well, probably wearing, we'll say to an event I have coming up and I got it for less than $20 on Amazon. It's a lace, you know, full length gown. Um, looks Which, super expensive. I'm so jealous. I can't buy anymore. Uh, I know it's so annoying. They, the seller doesn't offer it anymore, but it, cause that it was one of my, stuff. my greatest Amazon finds. Definitely. Like no one could believe that I spent $17 or whatever it was on this dress. That was the same thing with the white one. People were like, Oh my gosh, where'd you? Yeah, I was like, it's Amazon, Amazon for twenty nine ninety nine people. So, yeah. uh, we have lo- had. Um, sorry to interrupt. We no, have had a lot of people ask. I mean, at least I definitely have on my Instagram, and I'm sure you have. Like, how do you get clothes on Amazon, or like, what do you look for? How do you find all these things? And just go to the search bar, and you know, type in like purple tie neck blouse, or you know, whatever. Exactly. The item you're looking for that the royal has worn. Um, I mean, you could just type in Kate Middleton and literally some things will pop up that it, look ab- like things she's worn. Absolutely. But like searching for a specific style is, you know, a good way to start. Yeah. Just like liter- literally, like you said, type in exactly what you want. Amazon is so big and so huge for a reason because they, yeah, like, silver <laughs> they make it very easy. <laughs> like it's, yeah. I mean, look at, you know, the picture of what you're trying to you know, recreate there and just type in in generic terms what you're yeah. looking for and you're bound to find something. Um, and then also, like we said, like if you type in Meghan Markle or Kate or whatever, um, there are some, you know, sellers who sell like that Taj Mahal dress, um, you know, the famous yes. photos of Kate outside the Taj Mahal. There's a copy of that dress. There's one from um, that Jules owns from the Chelsea Garden Show, um, mm-hmm. the green floral dress. So that's classic. on Amazon. So there are lots of great finds. So that's it for this episode, and we will be back soon. But until then, we just wanted to remind you 
for the Quaintly & Co. box. If you want to get your order in for that, they do usually sell out pretty quickly, so I would do that sooner than later. Um, but if you use the code RB10, and that's 10% off your box at Q-U-A-I-N-T-L-Y-U-K.com. And again, the code is RB10. And until next time, we will yes. see you later. Bye. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to hit subscribe. If you feel so inclined, we would love it if you would leave a five-star review so other people can find out about this podcast. And that's, I think, we're done.